0: Rachel and I would like to explore with you what is, for me and probably for you as well, I imagine, one of the absolutely happiest topics, uh, which is that of generosity. And as Rachel will will speak um, considerably more about, uh, as the Buddha moved and taught from place to place, very often he began with the subject of generosity. Uh, Generosity as immediately skillful means, Uh, helping us be happier through giving, uh, engaging a release of the self-contraction through giving, and experiencing in giving an opportunity for an immediacy, an intimacy, of experience, of fullness already, contentment already, gladness already, from which generosity of many, many kinds can flow. It's interesting. We speak of ourselves as Homo sapiens. I don't know the Latin for this. Rachel might, but I suspect we could be described as well as Homo generositas or something—the the giving primate—because that's so central to our nature as a profoundly social species. Uh, Also, uh, generosity enables the good works of others to proceed. Uh, It enables um, children to learn how to uh, walk and talk and read. And uh, Generosity also helps uh, traditions of various kinds that depend upon the generosity of the communities they are in to thrive and continue Uh, and uh, offer value to others. Uh, One of the things that strikes me about generosity is that most generosity is intangible. Most expressions of generosity are intangible. The generosity of a smile, a look of concern, the generosity of restraint, letting others have their moment, uh, the generosity of practice, our own practice, rippling out generously to benefit others. Uh, Some forms of generosity are a little more tangible. You've been engaged yourself already in many forms of generosity here. Your yogi jobs, uh, letting others go ahead in line, opening a door, the generosity to supporting others by maintaining your own noble silence when that's uh, called for. Wonderful. Forms of generosity, none of which are monetized. The um, if we could monetize somehow the global economy of acts of generosity and thought, word, indeed, uh, it would dwarf the monetized gross domestic products of all the countries of the world. Already. Uh, I have experienced, I'll speak for myself on this point, your generosity, your generosity of attention, engagement, good heart, kindness, and I'm very grateful for it already. It's important to receive generosity from others to enable them to have the fruits of their own generosity. There's a place for receiving generosity from others with an open heart and a grateful mind. Uh, as we, we enter into um, Rachel's exploration of generosity here, uh, I simply want to say in advance that already so much generosity has occurred here so far that has enabled us all to grow together and, as Wes puts it, to evolve together. And for that, I thank you very, very much.
1: So, uh, as you can see, I brought some notes. Um, <laughs> h- how much time do I have? <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll try to keep this short. But um, the... As Rick said, you know, this is a a really central teaching of the Buddhas. Um, You know, it's... um, Even if you can't... You know, the... the, Even if you're not in a position where you're able to follow the precepts in a consistent way, you know, it's always possible to share. And so that's a a kind of spiritual cultivation that everybody can participate in. Um, The act of giving uh, involves relinquishing, and so it naturally cultivates the sense of enoughness that Rick was, was mentioning. Um, and it's, it's really great to have um, dana, the act of giving, be motivated by generosity, which in Pali is chaga. Um, and generosity can arise out of gratitude for the, the generosity that you've been the recipient of. Um, so the the generosity of the land itself in the way it's held us in this week, the animals that might have brightened our hearts. You know, it's hard to be gloomy when you're watching a lizard skitter by. Um, the, um, the generosity of the trees as they remind us, shh, as the wind passes through their branches. The generosity of the um, the people here supporting us, the cooks with their beautiful offerings of food that sustains us, the staff who care for us in so many ways, the retreat managers without whom none of this would be possible. Um, and you may have a feeling of gratitude for the teachings also. The In this tradition, it's held that the, there's no point... Um, offering teachings in other than a dana setting because how would you put a price on, um, on the value of the, of the teachings that you receive? You know, how do you value a moment of freedom? How do you value a moment of peace or kindness? Um, what monetary uh, amount would reflect, you know, the benefit that you accrue over a lifetime um, guided by these practices? Um, you know, thinking back over over your own practice life, whether that's a week or uh, many years, you may have already gotten a sense of the potential of this practice to bring in more freedom. So um, feeling inspired by by this um, gift that you've that you've already received um, might inspire you to close the circle of generosity, you know we. The the teaching team here, um, you know, we're all reimbursed for our travel costs, and we're supported in beautiful conditions um, down the hill while we're here. But we're not um, guaranteed a fee for our teaching, um, so we we've been able to be here because of the generosity of others. And so this mimics the to the best we can in this you know capitalist fee for service society. Um, the the original setup where uh, the monastics, monastic practitioners would be supported, no strings attached, by the community. And then they would be free to offer the teachings with no strings attached. And, you know, when they didn't... Um, when the community wasn't able to feed them or clothe them, they would disrobe and go and raise chickens instead. Um, similarly, nowadays, organizations that... Uh, aren't supported by the generosity of enough volunteers, for example. Um, Those organizations end up closing down. So our lives together depend on mutual acts of generosity in really, really real ways. So one important um, teaching that the Buddha gave about generosity is that, or the act of giving, is that you should give without harming yourself or others. So, of the um, many kinds of, of gifts that are possible, the the um, the impact of giving uh, any gift on both yourself and the recipient should be considered. So, you know, you don't give things that are harmful to the recipient, um, and you also don't give in amounts or in ways that are harmful to you. I think any new parent has been known to stretch this the, this boundary a bit. You know, the, the generosity of a parent to, to an infant in, involves more sleepless nights than are conducive to perfect health. But um, but you know, in in normal life, we try to try to find that balance of um, what's the appropriate amount to give, given my particular circumstances. So if you're feeling full of inspiration and want to give away the rent money, please don't. Um, Set a boundary around the amount of money to contribute that is actually appropriate for you. And, you know, for, um, for some people that amount could be a very small one in terms of the absolute dollar amount. And that's so fine. We're so happy you're here, even if you can't make a big monetary contribution. Like Rick said, you know, you've already contributed to the community in so many ways. And the best um, tribute, I forget exactly where the Buddha said this, but the best tribute to a teacher is to put the teachings into practice. That's all a teacher really asks of you. Um, and if you're also able to support the teaching team to continue to, to teach more in the future and to support the, the staff, uh, the cooks and the retreat managers to continue to offer their services. That's also wonderful, but it's a collective offering. That's another piece that's important to understand. You know, there's no need to sort of do any math to figure out how much you should give for some sense of appropriateness or like fee-for-service model. Just set that aside. Like there's no algorithm that you need to follow. It's what is what is the boundary that's, um, you know, can I figure out where, the amount above which it would be harmful to me doesn 't matter what the dollar value of that amount is, and then within the boundary what 's the amount that makes my heart feel inspired, that makes me feel excited about my generosity um, and it's it's uh, yeah, so this I had a uh, a woman at one retreat asked me where the tip jar was, and so <laughs> please. Uh, <laughs> set that model aside. (laughs) Um, You know, the Buddha said to uh, give in one of two uh, ways. Either give where you trust that your gift will be well used, will be put to good use, will be used to help others, will be used to support people who you respect. Um, Or give where your heart feels inspired. And so, like in other areas of of your life. You know, you might, for some acts of giving, you might do detailed research on the various metrics regarding a particular charity to assess whether they're going to make good use of your gift. And in other cases, it might just be, no, my heart just wants to do this. And the Buddha says both both kinds of giving are very fruitful. Um, So I think that's the important part without going on for another half hour. So, um, see if you can enter into this sort of weird and awkward countercultural uh, model of supporting the teachings outside of this capitalist framework of putting a dollar value on everything. Um, See if you can enter into this practice with a sense of of joy, of of enthusiasm, of um, respecting your own boundaries and uh, going where your heart moves you. So I invite you to let your uh, generosity be perfected in this way. Thank you for, for your generosity all this past week. I've really felt it. So um, now we're going to have some instructions about what needs to happen between now and when the retreat ends tomorrow at lunchtime.